welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is March 3rd, 2019. This is the 57th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. On today's episode, Evo 2019's game lineup and THQ Nordic's ill-conceived AMA in our headline roundup. Our main topic is Pokemon Generation 8 and how the series actually owes nothing to its adult players. And then we will get to your calls if you're tuning in live on Discord. Well, hope you've been having a good week in games. Uh, personally, I've been playing Life is Strange 2, Episode 2, uh, which is interesting because this one in particular ties in heavily with the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit, sort of free mini episode that was released for free around E3 time. Remember, remember that one? Uh, Captain Spirit seemed like, oh yeah, it's going to tie into Life is Strange 2 eventually, but no, it's in episode two here that it really does. So that was uh, really interesting to see how that all worked out. Uh, but got several games on my plate and it's just a matter of trying to decide where I go to next. Today, March 3rd is Switch's second anniversary. So happy birthday, Nintendo Switch. It's been a roaring success for two years so far and we'll see how it continues uh, to to grow and possibly succeed if there are any revisions coming. We'll see if that happens throughout 2019. So something to keep an eye on. And of course, all the Switch launch games that go along with it. So Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, happy second birthday there. And it's just hard to believe that it's March already, honestly. It's, this year's been going by very quickly. So before we talk about Pokemon Generation 8 and any of the thoughts surrounding it, let's get to the other big game headlines for the week in our headline roundup. Evolution 2019 is August 2nd through 4th in Las Vegas, Nevada this year, and that's the competition that most people know as Evo 2019. Big fighting game tournament, you know, competitors all around the world come to the United States to compete. Uh, nine fighting games on the docket this year, and they are Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, Dragon Ball Fighters, Tekken 7, Mortal Kombat 11, Soul Calibur 6, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, Samurai Showdown, and Undernight in Birth EXE Latest. Of course, you may be looking at that list and wondering, as many of us did this week, is this really the first year since, I believe it was 2013, that Super Smash Bros. Melee will not be at EVO? And yes, the time has come now that Ultimate is out. So, as many Smash players are seeing this as like, it's it's good to unify the community behind Ultimate, not only for the future of Nintendo eSports, but just the future of, uh, you know, the Smash community and having it be on the big stage at a tournament like that in general. I mean, it was, it was too much to ask, I think, for a while to have two fighting games. Though, granted, some may make the argument that... Uh, you know, Melee drove in the third biggest viewership numbers last year, and granted, that was its, its placement on Sunday. Uh, but a lot of people then also point to, well, it's oftentimes many of the same names competing every year. Is that a fresh meta that you keep want, wanting to put out there? Of course, plenty of people still play Melee. Of course, this scene is not dead at all. Uh, but when it comes to highlighting the most recent fighting games and the scenes that may be growing or need that opportunity to grow... 
you know, Melee probably doesn't deserve that spot anymore. And of course, the Smash Brothers scene can still have their big national tournaments with Melee tournaments and all that. That's not what this is about. If there were no Smash Brothers game, I'd say this is a big cause for concern. But I think we all kind of knew that this was going to happen at some point with Ultimate on the scene and how well it's being received competitively. Uh, but it's in a way, it's just the kind of end of an era thing, right? That Melee will no longer be there. So, of course, tune in August 2nd through 4th, uh, you know, live or in Las Vegas to see all these big fighting games. And, you know, good for Undernight in birth. I mean, that's that's quite the the big win for that community to sneak in as game number nine there. But, you know, it's it's been a long time for Melee on, on that stage. But time to make way for Ultimate. And, you know, at least for, for EVO's organizers, I mean... No more CRTs, no more GameCubes. I mean, for them, that's got to be a big weight off their shoulders, if you want to think about it from that perspective. There was a big mess this week in the games industry, however, and it centered on THQ Nordic. This is the publisher that, you know, THQ died you know, a while ago, a few years ago, the, what we knew as just THQ. THQ Nordic comes back and starts buying up these really small IP rights to different game franchises, like Time Splitters. Is anyone doing anything with Time Splitters? Well, THQ Nordic will buy it up, right? Uh, they recently published Darksiders 3 last year. Uh, but then apparently they get a request from the forum known as 8chan to host an Ask Me Anything there, especially for uh, their head of marketing and PR, Philip Brock. And so, for those of you, like me, who had no idea what 8chan was, because we are not heads of PR in the game industry, we don't venture among those circles of the internet, uh, apparently in 2018, 8chan creator Frederick Brennan decided that 4chan, uh, and you know, say what you will about 4chan, there are, are dark parts about 4chan, but especially in the game rumor sort of system, cycle, industry, what have you. Not all of 4chan is bad, but Frederick here thought that uh, 4chan had become too controlling back then, and he wanted a free speech friendly alternative. So 8chan goes to the extreme on this point, to the point where it was, it's been blacklisted from Google searches. So even if you tried to Google 8chan and try to do some research, you might not find what you're looking for. Uh, different really awful things. I mean, even to the point of like child abuse content on 8chan. Uh, also a place where Gamergate types decided to squirrel away to that corner of the internet. So it was unusual when THQ Nordic announced for real that they were hosting an AMA on 8chan. Regarding that invitation, uh, Philip Brock in particular said, the opportunity was there and we took it and that they got approached in a very friendly and polite manner, and we're assured said person, shout out to Mark, will take care of the nasty stuff. Well, Mark didn't do his job, because of course nasty stuff showed up on that AMA thread, and was really unmoderated. Of course, uh, Brock got asked certain uh, questions about THQ Nordic's future plans, what they want to do with publishing certain games, and it was most peculiar how he responded to certain questions, like one uh, that requested, please don't censor any games, nor appeal to the sock just crowd. You guys are doing fine as is, to which Brock replied in the affirmative, thanks, we'll try to stay that way. Uh, when you're trying to appeal to people that use the, the term of social justice warrior, you're probably doing something that's not wise. Within a couple hours, and you're almost wondering, how, how soon is that going to have a, sort of a backpedal going to it? How soon are they going to have to apologize for this? Within a couple hours, 
Uh, but Brock says, I personally agreed to this AMA without doing my proper due diligence to understand the history and the controversy of this site. I do not condone child pornography, white supremacy, or racism in any form. Okay, we're going to stop right there. When you have to say that, you've gone down a bad path. I'm just going to put that out there. He continues, I'm very sorry for the short-sightedness of my decision and promise to be far more vigorous in my assessment of these activities in the future. So either... He's full of garbage because he's responding to these different controversial statements and he's just trying to hide his tracks or he's just terribly negligent. And Philip Brock hasn't been fired yet, though it certainly, I would say, could be a fireable offense. You've brought all this negative attention upon THQ Nordic to associate them with that uh, forum. And some people could say, you know, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. And it's like, ah, in this case... Uh, there might be. You know, take it upon yourself if you want to blacklist them from your personal game-buying habits or if you want to say just, I don't want to make any ties there. But uh, it's it's certainly interesting to see if there will be any more fallout from this because, oh boy, that was a uh, that was an unfortunate Twitter day in the gaming space there. Let's talk about the free games for PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold that will be going live there for the March 2019 month. PlayStation Plus, you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered on PS4, as well as The Witness on PS4. So this is, you know, the first month where no further new games for PS3 and Vita will be available as part of this free PlayStation Plus game offering. Though you have one more week until March 8th to... Uh, get those last few from the previous month. I think there's, you know, Metal Gear Solid 4 was in there. Dive Kick was in there. If you want to still, you know, add those to your library, uh, by all means, please do. But those, those are some decent uh, PS4 games, at least, you know, COD 4 Remaster, The Witness. Uh, you hope that maybe eventually something like a PSVR game can be thrown in there to maybe help uh, balance that out. But we'll see what happens there. On the Microsoft side, things for Xbox Live Games with Gold. You have Adventure Time, Pirates of the Enchiridion on Xbox One from March 1st to 31st. Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2 also comes to Xbox One as a free game from March 16th to April 15th. Star Wars Republic Commando, the old original Xbox game, for the first half of March. And Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, the Xbox 360 game, comes to the uh, free games with gold on the, in the second half of March. So, to continue on that Microsoft sort of story path, we have another story featuring Brad Sams, the insider over from Thorot.com, who again posts a sort of speculative rumor to uh, hypothesize what the future of Microsoft, Xbox, that, that brand overall, could be. And it involves uh, the back end, sort of, of the Xbox store and the Windows store kind of starting to merge together, wondering... If, you know, those sort of game stores will just become one and the same. If you can play any digital Xbox One game you own on PC as well. Uh, he notes that earlier this year, Microsoft made a peculiar announcement on the Windows Insider blog relating to gaming. He says, with build 18.334, Microsoft said they were bringing new technology to Windows 10 and they were offering up State of Decay for free to try. But that was all the information that was offered at the time. So then he did some digging along with uh, a couple others that helped him. 
He said, when you download State of Decay, the oddities begin immediately. Instead of downloading from the Microsoft Store server, serverdl.microsoft.com, where all content comes from, including Play Anywhere titles, the game instead downloads from assets1.xboxlive.com. So he hypothesizes, quote, what it looks like Microsoft is doing instead of porting each Xbox feature back to PC one by one, they are simply dumping the entire Xbox One installation slash servicing plumbing and making it the primary installation for Windows. Again, let's just keep this in mind, especially if they do have big announcements. I mean, there's all the talk of Xbox Live is going to be on these all these different platforms. Maybe we'll be bringing uh, Game Pass and our Project X Cloud streaming technology to places like Nintendo Switch. This could be another move here where they're saying instead of all the, our Play Anywhere titles, just full backwards compatibility on PC. We've made that work. You know, just download today. I mean, that would be nuts. In addition to the fact that, like, yeah, sure. XCloud and Game Pass, I'm sure, will come to PC. But just keep that in mind that this is floating out there in the Xbox rumor ether. And then later this month, it's PAX East over in Boston. So the panel list got posted, and people are noticing that Gearbox has a panel at this year's PAX East. Gearbox, known for making big announcements at PAXs in the past, and this one is on Thursday, March 28th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, where they say they'll show never-before-seen reveals, exclusives, and surprises. Uh, so this leads people to speculate that, oh, well, 2K says that they have a big game coming fall 2019. Could this be Borderlands 3, one of the worst kept secrets as far as what's being worked on in the game industry? Uh, very possible that Borderlands 3 could be shown at PAX, if not at E3 this year. Uh, Gearbox also in the news this week where Bonnie Ross of 343 Industries, the team behind currently the Halo franchise, uh, stated on an IGN unfiltered interview that Gearbox almost made Halo 4. Like They almost got the Halo rights passed to them before Bonnie Ross made this impassioned pitch to have Halo stay in first-party Microsoft territory. Uh, so just interesting to keep an eye on that, uh, that Gearbox may be planning a big PAX East announcement. Could it be Borderlands 3? Big Gamer release date announcements for the past week. Overwatch has a new character about a year after Brigitte, actually. It's Baptiste, who is a, a medic. He's now available for testing now on the PC servers for Overwatch. Dissidia Final Fantasy NT has a free-to-play version coming on March 12th to PS4 and PC. Ace Attorney Trilogy comes to PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch on April 9th. It's the first three Ace Attorney games with Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, Ace Attorney Justice for All, and Ace Attorney Trials and Tribulations. Resident Evil Zero, Resident Evil HD Remaster, and Resident Evil 4 come to Nintendo Switch on May 21st. The pricing may be a little suspect, but it's good to know that those games are coming to Switch. And then To the Moon is coming to Nintendo Switch this summer. That's a delightful indie game. Can't wait for that one. Let's get to the main topic today, though. And Pokemon had its Pokemon Day, you know, sort of 23rd anniversary uh, when the games came out, you know, red and green in Japan in 1996. Uh, so it's usually a big time for Pokemon announcements to be made, and this year was no different when a Pokemon Direct was due that morning in the United States. It was a 6 a.m. Pacific time, 9 a.m. Eastern, you know, convenient for the start of the day in the United States, but certainly not for places like Japan. Uh, there was a lot of speculation going in on what 
this game could be called because it was it was pretty much determined that it was going to be the Generation 8 announcement. Uh, you're saying a seven-minute direct. You're going to tease and just give the basic details of Generation 8 and say, we'll see you in the fall. Uh, and you know maybe announcements to be dispersed throughout. Uh, but there were rumors of titles like King and Queen and Altered Genesis and even things like Kingdom Red and Green. I mean, it was it was all over the place. But it turns out that Pokemon Sword and Shield has been announced for Nintendo Switch, and it will be available in late 2019. This is the Galar region for Generation 8 of the main series of Pokemon games, and it seems to be inspired from uh, Great Britain, even though the island might be upside down uh, when it comes to it. They showed the default male and female trainer. Female trainer looks way better. I think the male one is just super generic. So you've got to imagine that trainer customization will come back in some capacity. Maybe they'll expand upon it, but it's it's got to come back in some mode, I would imagine. Gyms are back, which is important because in Generation 7, they kind of moved away from that and went to just the trials there, uh, which it worked for mixing up the formula, but personally, I'm happy to have the gyms back. Uh, it does seem like the camera is fixed uh, based on what we've seen so far. There was some trailer trickeration, I think, where there was a swirling camera, but there seems to be no indication that there is a player movable camera on the right stick there. But we'll see. I mean, the game footage is still subject to change, right? The environments do look nice and varied. There's even a stadium and coliseum sort of space. So that could mix up uh, some of the battles and the look of that in particular. We did get our three starters. So there's the Rhythm Grass Monkey Grookey. There's the, it's like a cereal box mascot, sort of fire rabbit score bunny. And the anxiety riddled chameleon Sobble. So Grookey, score bunny, and Sobble. I would think most people on the internet seem to be on Team Sobble. I'll probably go with uh, Grookey this time around. That's... There's no like definitive sort of like, oh yes, I must pick him as my starter or, but I feel like Grookey's going to be the least popular. So I kind of want to go in that direction. Just like I'd probably go with Shield. I don't know. I, I usually pick up the second name, the games. It seems to be the trend of what I've uh, gone through for all these generations. Uh, but overall, most importantly, uh, this is not Let's Go as we kind of all expected. This looks like Sun and Moon games kind of scaled up to switch uh, kind of a generation seven look to, especially when you're moving about the world and running into trainers uh, and yes, random battles are back. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included, really like the idea of the fact that you got to see the Pokemon interacting about in the wild. Uh, so a bit of a disappointment to see random battles come back, but expected uh, these changes are kind of all incremental uh, for the Pokemon series. Though, especially with this announcement, there are a lot of people excited. Certainly, I am certainly very excited. But you also do see people who say, well, I'm not going to buy this, or this isn't for me, or nope, you know, it hasn't changed since Generation 1, That's I'm, I'm not going to buy it. And that's fine. You're okay to have that opinion, as long as you realize that these games aren't meant for you. And I say that assuming that you're over the age of 18 that you're kind of in the same age bracket as probably most people listening to this. Now, granted, if you're under 18, if you're a kid, go nuts, enjoy if if you love it. And if it's, again, if it's not your type, fine. But I think a lot of 
Pokemon fans, as we get older, expect the series to evolve with us. And the sooner you realize that that is not the case, probably the happier you'll be. At least certainly the less disappointed you'll be. Now, granted, this Direct with Sword and Shield, it was selling you purely aesthetics. It was all superficial stuff. There were no concrete details on how the game has evolved from Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Uh, There's nothing really to make people say, yes, I'm going to buy it if they were on that purchase fence. There's still a lot to learn in in that regard. Uh, But you're not really being bold if you're just going to say, well, I'm not going to buy it because it's it's for baby. Like, yes, it is supposed to be the first RPG for kids. It's supposed to get children, you know, whether you're 10 or maybe even younger, into, into games, first of all, I think, but also into the Nintendo ecosystem of devices. I mean, people knock it as baby's first RPG, but you know, it's worked for 23 years and uh, you're probably not about to change the business sense there when a franchise is that successful for that long. It was, in fact, before the Direct that I was reflecting that I played Red and Blue when I was 10 years old in 1998. Like, I was the primary demographic for that, but someone else is 10 years old today, and this is their first adventure. Now, what does it say that I'm still excited about it? It's, it's because that franchise means a lot to me. I'm, I understand what it is, and I'll still play it and enjoy it, but you got to understand that, like, this is what this main series of games is. Now, a fair critique, I think, is that there are getting to be a whole lot of monsters. I mean, my goodness, yeah, after eight generations of new creatures, it is getting difficult to start to keep track of them all. I mean, gosh, especially when they added, you know, the Ultra Beasts and all that, and they didn't attach names directly to them in the game. I mean, that's that's crazy. But then when you see people say, well, well, I want there to be a different starter trio of types. And, like, what are you thinking? Fire, grass, and water are, like, the clearest sort of, you know, rock, paper, scissors elements to understand that for kids who are that young. You're not going to throw fighting, psychic, and dark at kids and be like, all right, figure it out. What beats what? You know, like, obviously not. It's going to be the case. I mean, you know that water puts out fire. Fire puts out grass. And grass grows from water. So like, I don't know, you got to start thinking of it more that way. The open world game is something that a lot of people have wanted for a long time. Again, myself included. It's the dream to have all generations involved. But at this point, it's going to require a spinoff. No one should have expected that as a generation eight sort of thing. Uh, But the question is, Is this possible in the near future, especially with the success of Let's Go? I feel like Let's Go is going to fill that niche with how popular it was, especially to bring in lapsed fans while the new generation kind of builds new ones. Uh, Let's Go might be, you know, in the off years, uh, you know, maybe Johto's coming next year in 2020. That would be, would make a whole lot of sense from a business case. So you have to wonder then, would this overworld, open world, all generations ever happen with just Game Freak? And the answer is probably no. But then if you think if they want to partner with someone like Monolith Soft, who is looking to do new things after Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I mean, maybe that's how something happens. That 
Like if Monolith Soft does the work on an open world Pokemon game and gets Game Freak's help with assets and all sort of the underpinnings there, that's it's certainly a very interesting thought. I'll wrap it up with what uh, we talked about 4chan briefly earlier, but there was a 4chan rumor posted about a week before this direct uh, and named right on Pokemon Sword and Shield inspired by Great Britain. And since this seems to have panned out, uh, it's worth a look to see some of the other things that they posted here. We didn't get our box legendaries, but they said the legendary Pokemon were a metal snake and a wooden horse, which could play some interesting uh, things with, you know, like the man-made side of things. We kind of saw a bit of steampunk-ish with, you know, rotating gears and and steam sacks and all that. Uh so there could be an, an interesting man-made Pokemon sort of element here, just to kind of speculate on, you know, the big city that we saw in the Sword and Shield trailers. Armored Evolutions, this post claims, will be the big sort of mix-up this time around, like Mega Evolutions in Gen 6. Uh, Armored Evolutions apparently for characters like Charizard, for Mewtwo, for Flygon, and Zeraora, and others. And that Meltan has ties to this armored evolution, as well as the legendary's lore. So Meltan could be an even bigger deal than what was initially first revealed. So, I don't know, there's there's a lot going on for the little that was revealed. And whether you talk about all the different memes that are going around or or the Scottish voices, take them as they are, um, it's, it's certainly interesting to see a new generation of Pokemon happening. But... You know, there's there are some people out there that want to be all tough, and I'm a I'm a hardened gamer, and this isn't for me, and all that. Well, well, good, because this is a series that has always been a series of slow incremental builds, because it's still targeting that young kid demographic to get them into games, into Nintendo games, into RPGs, and it's worked for so long, and it'll continue to do so unless things drastically change. So that's what I have to say on Pokemon Generation 8. We have, thank, I want to thank people listening over on Discord at rhymesithasia.com slash call. Uh, but if you wanted to call in, this would be your opportunity to do so. I'm here every Sunday trying to aim for 3 p.m. Eastern time. Just to, if you want to hear my thoughts on games, if you want to contribute yours, that's the opportunity to do so. But I really do appreciate those at least tuning in to listen and get their fix. So let's go over the games that will be coming out this week. Left Alive comes out on Tuesday, March 5th on PS4 and PC. The Occupation comes out Tuesday, March 5th on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Go check out the gameplay demo for that. It's about 10 minutes. It's a pretty interesting investigation sort of game. I'm, my interest is peaked from that one, at least for a rental. RBI Baseball 19 out on Tuesday, March 5th on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Devil May Cry 5. That's crazy to think that it's coming out, but it's on Friday, March 8th on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn is out on Friday, March 8th on Nintendo 3DS. What may be one of the last big Nintendo first-party games there. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com, and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. I'm at Pete Speakeasy. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com. 
You can subscribe to the Power Switch on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts and Google Play, as well as Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymesthasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you'd like a YouTube video to watch, uh, I was flipping through my liked videos on YouTube and I came across a Super Smash Brothers tribute uh, that's set to The Greatest Show, which is the opening and closing number from The Greatest Showman. Uh, the Greatest Show is quite the song, but the editor did a really good job at matching certain Super Smash Brothers clips up to it throughout the years, whether it's trailers, opening sequences, character trailers, different moments like that. Uh, really interesting to see. So I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, if you want to listen to me wax more about video games in podcast form, I'm also doing a podcast with the Dobaga, uh, he's over at Anonymous Dinosaur and on dino.squarespace.com. And he's hosting a podcast there that we're contributing to called Original Sound Chat. That's where we're talking about video game soundtracks there and covering two a week and talking about the history behind the games, history of the composers, and then our five favorite critical tracks there for the game. It's a really interesting educational experience. I must say I've been turned on to certain games that I probably wouldn't have before because of uh, Doba's discussion about the soundtrack there. And I've certainly made some game purchases recently, and maybe that'll be influencing what I'm playing going forward here. So check that out on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, as well as Soundchat OST on social media. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week in games. Maybe you're like me and getting Devil May Cry 5. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that one, not going to lie. Uh, but maybe you'll be playing that. Maybe you'll be playing other games as well. I look forward to you playing games reading game news, coming back and talking about it. So that will do it this week. Stay tuned to our Discord channel as everything develops. And regardless whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on. <laughs>